Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Anyway, time for TV on the radio. TV on the radio. Hey, how you doing? Bazinga. Well, I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. One for everybody in the audience. It's going to be legendary. <laughs> just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. I love that, and I can do that like this. But I have another idea. I get you the visas, and in return, you get me something I need. Okay. It's a highly sensitive diplomatic matter. It's top secret, really. Hush, hush. I have a week's vacation coming up. I'm going to Tulum, and I'll finally have some time to just relax. Just me, the sun, the sand, and my seven security guards surrounding my private beach. But obviously, a week is not enough. I need to add on an additional week after that. And there's only one way of doing that, and that's by faking my own abduction. Sí, nosotros podemos hacer eso. There you go. That's uh, Los Espookies. Uh, all six episodes now streaming on Sky Comedy and uh, Now TV. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. So what's this all about? <laughs> so this is a very strange show. And I guess because Halloween was yesterday, uh, it might have passed its sell-by date for people who are looking for something festive. Um, but it is really interesting, strange, dry bizarre comedy and I, 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 my fondness for it has grown with each episode because it's just like nothing kind of I've ever seen before. So it is technically an American TV show. Mm. Uh, it's made by Fred Armisen who was in SNL for a very long time and then uh, I think she's Peruvian actually or Panamanian um, Anna Fabrega uh, who is actress in it. She plays uh, Tati this very strange <laughs> sister who's dim-witted but has these profound moments and Julio Torres who is El Salvadorian and was a writer on SNL and has made wrote two very 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 famous sketches in the last couple of years one is called Papyrus with Ryan Gosling and the other one is Wells for Boys with Emma uh, Emma Stone both of which are really really funny and if and if you've seen either of them um, and you like that kind of humour you're going to get that kind of strange but really lo-fi humour here so it's set in Mexico City and it is about four friends who form Los Spookies, who are a group of horror fanatics who set up a business creating scary events for people if they want to get scared. Mm. So, for example, in the clip there, and it was very, very difficult to find a clip because most of this is in Spanish with subtitles. So I was very, very limited. But what we heard in the clip there was the American ambassador to Mexico asking to, uh, you know, get abducted. And they offer her by aliens and instead they come up with falling through a cursed mirror. Right. But like the other kind of spooky things they do are like a sea monster in a town, a night in a house to you know like you know for a guy is leaving a fortune in his will and he wants to create a spooky house for five people to stay in and the longest person wins the you know gains the the inheritance etc so it's all of these very mainstream and very kind of tired tropes of horror stories so you've got that one part of it there right and you have four as I said four of them Julio Torres plays Andres who is the heir to this chocolatier fortune but also has a curious history where he was left at a convent as a 
baby and he's finding out his backstory while also dealing with his inner demon who will not reveal anything to, to him until he watches the King's Speech because the inner demon wants to catch up on what they've missed in movies in the last few years. It's just this very, very, very <laughs> strange stuff. And it's also extremely funny. Now, I have to admit, when I watched the first episode... Because it's it, it's not sort of like obvious punchline. There's no laugh track. It's a lot of, you know, it, it, I, the thing I would say it is most similar to is the Mighty Boosh, uh, the, okay. the Noel Fielding mm. uh, other guy uh, show, musical kind of show that had lots of strangeness to it as well, right? And, it, it, you know, visually it looks a little bit like that. There isn't music in this so much, but it is that kind of repeating um you know like stories and and sort of subplots that pay off dividends in later episodes and also there's only six of them and it's half an hour each so it is like a perfect little soft serve thing mm. it's also kind of frustrating that we've waited this long to get it because this was actually released in 2019 on HBO and we're on HBO Max it's streaming service and we're only getting it now and I was actually in Madrid over the last week and all over Europe, HBO Max is now available. Like you can sign up for it for less than five euro a month forever is the price deal. But Sky have a deal with HBO in, in, the, in the UK and Ireland, I think Germany and Italy as well. So we're, you know, th- there's no whiff of us getting HBO Max. Is this like Sky Atlantic? Who yes, was up the HBO exactly. Max stuff? Yeah, but okay. they release it on whatever schedule they, I guess they want or whatever they get from HBO, mm. which means like we're still waiting for some real big ticket things now Los Spookies is not arguably the biggest one but we're still waiting for the likes of Hacks which is you know this absolute awards darling in the US the most highly critically lauded show of the summer and like no sign of it coming to us anytime Mm. soon unless I missed the ads but basically this was made in 2019 and was this kind of cult hit on HBO and they have signed up for a second season so it is not like you'd be investing your time in a Disney Plus show that has already been cancelled and you're like have, it's not going to go anywhere <laughs> yeah. this is going to come back and it is just so strange and bizarre and funny that I highly recommend people seek it out Okay uh, What's Hacks about? Oh Hacks is about um, Gene Smart who uh, you know was in Watchmen and 24 and she was in Mayor of Easttown she was mm. Mayor's mother in Easttown Right yes She plays a kind of um, like a, a like a Joan Rivers style stand-up comedian. Oh yes, and she teams up with a younger woman. Exactly. Who yeah. yeah, yeah. And that has been like you know we're still waiting to see that, and yeah. it has been the most talked about thing like if you listen to any kind of American uh, media you know like a review or or uh, like uh, comedians podcasts yeah, yeah. they are constantly talking about hacks and I'm like come on <laughs> the hacky you bloody get it out Brian I actually saw a headline about this in the Irish Times today Kin fil- uh, finished up last night in RT with an inexplicable near copy of The Godfather I actually applauded their lack of shame <laughs> atrocious series Aidan Gillen even for him was laughably bad did you watch any of that did I went I, so I did the first episode yeah. um, and I, I I stayed the course for about halfway through and then it was just it was just relentlessly grim and and not like not enjoyable to watch you know there mm. was like don't get me wrong you know, gangland violence can be when it's on your TV screen as a fictionalised form can be thrilling or ex- interesting or exciting but for me there was just, there was nothing to the show that that hooked me in any kind of way whereas like and it's a bizarre thing to compare to Los Spookies is just so strange right and so funny and charming and weird that like the more you get into it they have this subplot involving a pyramid scheme 
team selling, you know, selling like shakes that runs throughout about five of the episodes of the six. And it's so funny and well realised that like it compares, you know, I, I just don't even know why you would bother watching something like Kin because you've seen it all before, done better elsewhere. Yeah, no, I haven't seen a minute of Kin, so I'm <laughs> going to come up with a totally uninformed opinion on this. Any, any praise I've seen of it seems to be invariably predicated on you don't get the nuance here because you're not as clever as me. There's a, and it's almost defensive praise of mm. Kin rather than... Um, but like yeah. money went into Kin as well. Yeah, it, oh know, yeah. It was yeah. a co-production with this American streamer. And it, and it looked, I will say it looked slick. It looked professional. It looked, you know, it was shot nicely. It made Dublin look grim and like a big international city, <laughs> whether it is or isn't. But... Um, Just a generic box place exactly. like any other but, but there, yeah but I gave up about halfway through uh, d- did James watch the new season of You we are watching it and it's so unintentionally comically awful that I can't look away and I hate myself for it it could be the worst TV show ever also James seems like a sound lad loved the slots says oh, Jimmy thank you very much yeah. I hope that's not like you're not doing a you on me right? yeah, yes. <laughs> but basically I have started the third season of You I loved the first one even though like obviously as a subject matter it's quite strange because you're kind of rooting for this terrible serial killer yeah. stalker man but he, I have to admit the performance of Penn Badge is really really strong and Victoria Pendretti who plays Love his uh, wife I think I think they're married anyway in the third season certainly the mother of his child uh, she auditioned for the main role in the first season and didn't get it it went elsewhere but they thought they had such good chemistry that when the show which was originally sort of cancelled or or you know owned by another network Warner Brothers I think who then sort of dumped it on Netflix which turned it into this big global hit they thought that she, she and he had such good chemistry that they'd bring her back for a third season and second season um, for me it's a very up and down show like when it's good it's sort of really really fun and when it's bad it kind of it sort of like drags its feet a little bit and sometimes I'm sort of thinking like the body count that these people are getting away with is so big that surely even the most inept <laughs> even the most the worst kin detective that there was <laughs> could possibly have caught them out by now. Um, but yeah, I'm only like, put it this way. I am watching the third season, but I've only seen about five of the episodes and it, and I've had the time to watch them if I, you know, if I had wanted to. It's It hasn't hooked me in the way the previous ones have. Uh, this may be a trick question, but how can I watch all of Watchmen? Only the first series is available on Now TV. Isn't there only one series? The, uh, my understanding is there is only ever going to be one. Ah, right. Yeah, it was like, a, it, it's sort of like considered a mini series, even though I think there are 10 episodes. But if you haven't gotten to the end of it yet, it really grew on me. I wasn't so sure about it at the beginning, but I have to admit, I loved it by the end. I thought yeah. it was fantastic. Right, we'll move on to our second show. It's called It's Angela Scanlon's Ask Me Anything. It's on Sundays at 9.45 on RT1. Or you can catch up on the RT player, as we like to say. Here's a clip. This is, is Turkish oil wrestling, obviously. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's so big. Oh. Do you know what they said to me? They said, this is how they sold it to me. We're going to go to Turkey... You get covered in baby oil. <laughs> I'm in. You get to wear leather pants. I'm, free. I'm in. Yeah. You get to wrestle with men. <laughs> I say, Jesus Christ. This is literally yes, my dream job. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, and it's so like genuinely like I, I I don't think has anyone else in you ever done Turkish oil wrestling before? <laughs> apart, apart from the three Emerald Warrior guys <laughs> in the rugby training. Che- it, on, I, it's the most. I know. I think this is the word. It's the most homoerotic sport you could ever do. Yeah, I-
There you go. That was uh, Richard Chambers there talking about his book, <laughs> A State of Emergency, on the Angela Scandal Show. <laughs> no, obviously not. Uh, all right. So what's the what's different about this okay. than every other chat show you've ever seen? Well, um, okay. So the, ostensibly, the big difference is. And it, it, for me, the gimmick itself doesn't quite work. So the guests come on and clearly nobody has told them in the green room what is going to happen because they have they sort of imply like, yeah, I'm not quite sure when Angela goes, well, you know what's going to happen. They sit down at, on a chair and on a, you know, on a, a monitor behind them on a screen comes up a table with, I think, like six different sort of uh, tongue in cheek puns or terms or whatever. Mm. And uh, if Angela pushes a button, I fail to notice the existence of the button. But it's, I think she's a remote, actually. At some point, a, you know, some sort of like uh, cursor moves around the screen and settles on one to two, maybe three maximum of the questions. And these lead a topic of conversation. So, for example, um, for example, with Gareth uh, Thomas there, the, the Welsh rugby player, um, he, he, one of them was about his friendship with Christian Louboutin, which actually I had never heard of and was quite interesting to talk about. Mm. But, but for me, it creates this sort of strange not quite dead air, but like uh, sort of like stumbling block to the show where you're sort of watching this thing move around very quickly and then stop and then they explain what they're asking the question about and sort of explain this pun and talk a little bit about that. When you could just ask, oh, I heard your friends with Christian Louboutin. Yeah. Like, tell me about that. And also the other thing is, as a viewer, I do not in any way believe that this is a random selection. Of, yeah. of, and now, yeah. put, don't get me wrong, there is a live audience, so maybe someone who has viewed the show can tell me that they went through all six of them or, or not, and we only get the highlights as a viewer. Perhaps that is the case. But all six of them, perhaps, they have a story related to each of these Indeed, six yes. Yeah. The other thing they do is, one of the options is, uh, like, front row, which is where they turn to a random person in the audience who happens to be wearing a microphone, mm. <laughs> who there and ask the question. Astonishing but, coincidence. Right, but so, so, for me, that whole gimmick doesn't work. However, the question is, does Angela Scanlon work as a sort of interviewer? Mm. And I, that I think she's absolutely fine, right? It is, it's not it's not some in-depth heavy-hitting interview where you're going to like learn about the inner soul of Amy Huberman, right? Sure. Yeah. It is a light, frothy, Saturday night interview show. And Fair at enough. that, I think yeah. she pulls it off absolutely fine. I sort of stopped to think about like uh, comparisons that have been made. I read one thing that sort of said, oh, it's very unfortunate that this is coming after the likes of the Tommy Tiernan show. But how many terrible RTE chat shows and Virgin Media One chat shows have there been that, you know, that compare unfavorably to the Tommy Tiernan show? Loads of them. Mm. Tommy Tiernan just found a very unusual format that works extremely well. That only he could do. That only he could do. Yeah. And then I sort of started to stop to think about like how does Tommy Tiernan's show compare to Graham Norton's because Graham Norton's is really, really, really good. Mm. And I my sort of reasoning is that it's a sort of lack of authenticity, right? When, like, obviously, Graham Norton has researchers who go off and find things and they feed him lines and he has a whole package ahead yeah. of time. But it's because the other people are sitting on the couch that they can sort of chime in with unexpected things or jokes or whatever mm. that it makes it seem more fun and more natural. With Tommy Tiernan, he has no research done, right? Yeah. So he has to find out, he has to ask these questions and he's finding out in real time and obviously we're seeing it edited so it looks much more neater than it probably actually is but it is very entertaining and it's very authentic and it's very genuine in a normal chat show in this one you know it's it's a bit 
Like I'm reluctant to say overproduced, but I just found the the shtick a bit too much, a bit unnecessary. Like I I think it would have been just fine to have her come out uh, or have them come out and have Angela talk to them. Like there was a bit, for example, at the end of Richard Chambers' one where he was selling, you know, where he's highlighting his new book, State of Emergency. I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Sorry, oh, yeah. <laughs> where they gave him a dressing gown for his partner Louise O'Neill that has covered with pictures of him. And I just thought this was a bit cringy. Like it was a bit, mm. stra- you know, it was a bit of a strange thing to do. You know, you're sitting up there and they bring down literally from the rafters yeah. <laughs> this like bathing robe with your face all over it. Like, what do you do? I guess he put it on, which is what he did. Yeah. Right. But it was just like a strange sort of thing where I, I would have rather they just asked him a bit more about him or about his book or about anything. Right, okay, so it's a bit of a Chris Evansy, yeah, yeah from the yeah, 90s. A little bit, but not maybe not as like zany, right? Yeah. Like more, uh, you know, just more straightforward uh, jokes and prizes and things. Like Gareth Thomas, made, you know, he made a very good interviewee, right? He talked about, like I learned lots of things about him that I didn't know before. He talked about being a gay rugby player. He talked about being HIV, HIV positive. Then he whipped out, then they whipped out a harp and he played Arlen's Call on the harp, right? Okay. <laughs> it, was a, it, it was a lot. Like mm. you, they got banged for their book with yeah. him. Uh, but it was just everyone else like it's just up and down you know I guess it's only two episodes in right it still has time to find its feet I think it has it it has potential to work they just need to kind of pare back the gimmicks a bit for me anyway yeah okay and maybe use those resources to kind of research pieces better like as they do in Graham Norton it should be said okay well maybe there's like potential there maybe yeah (laughs) okay James is uh, (laughs) James ain't staying up late on Sunday right uh, we'll move on to our third show it's Invasion new episodes every Friday on Apple TV plus here's a clip Barbara what happened everything cell service the power's flickering only the phone lines are working but I can't get through to 911 did Judy think it's a tornado Carl? Carl said it was some kind of explosion. The Roscrugs are leaving. Do we need to leave? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There you go. Uh, that's Invasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's not, it's very straight. Like, okay, it costs $200 million, right? What? It costs, that's, well, that's what I read on Wikipedia. So yeah, okay. take that with a bit of salt, right? Knows, yeah. $20 million. <laughs> I mean, Apple has the money, right? They mm. can, and they throw money. Everything they make looks really, 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 really expensive. Um, I, for me, the pedigree attached to it was suspect. So the, the, the main guy who created it is Simon Kingberg and he has a very up and down record. He was, I think, 61st uh, on the Hollywood Reporter's most powerful screenwriters he made 40 million dollars from producing Deadpool he knows what he's doing and sometimes he gets it really right he's made all the good X-Men movies he's made all the really bad X-Men movies he's just very up and down it's also made by a man named David Weil or Weil he wrote Hunters the show with Al Pacino on on um, Mm, uh, Amazon which also up and down right Mm. Uh, so I was kind of I entered it going not sure how to feel about this and it's about sort of a group different groups of people around the world all at the same time, uh, so you have like a, a, a I think a, she's some sort of communications engineer who works for JASA, which is the Japanese space agency. You have a, a schoolboy in London. Uh, you have a couple um, living in upstate New York or, or Long Island, rather, whose marriage is falling apart and have two children. And you have a soldier in Afghanistan out on patrol with his uh, Merry men mm. and 
An American soldier. Yes. Okay. And all at the same. Yeah. So it's a period. <laughs> Hello. <piece. laughs> so, um, and and while all this is happening, unknown, unbeknownst to them, something is happening, right? And it is. We are to understand some kind of alien invasion of planet Earth. Sorry, you also have Sam Neill as a like hard-necked uh, sheriff on his last day of work, setting up for retirement, yeah. right? And basically, uh, across the episodes, there are four. Four have been released. Amazon or uh, Apple, rather, usually releases ten, so we can assume there are going to be ten hours of this. That um, lots of things are going wrong. So, like for example, with the schoolboy in London, he's on a school tour and it crashes dead. A quarry so, so so deep that uh, oh, that only one person on their bus is killed. But and that's not a spoiler. But the fact that no, you know the, these school children are unable to climb out of this quarry, mm. quarry and nobody has even noticed they're missing, right? Um, and what else is going on? Uh, the marriage is breaking up between them, and they're running off with their kids while all of these weird things are going on. Okay, but the problem is. The weird enough things are all going off on screen and we're not seeing them. So we're sort of stuck with whatever's going on in the personal lives of these people. And for some of them, it's kind of interesting. Like the marriage falling apart against the backdrop of the end of the world is kind of interesting because Mm. it's these two people that have, I guess, fallen very rapidly out of love, stuck together with their two children, deciding what they're going to do. There's good drama done there. And there's a very, very good Iranian actress named Gul Shifteh Farahani, who plays uh, Anisha, who is, I think, you know, in all the branding, kind of the main person in in the branding of the show but other parts don't work at all the the kind of Lord of the Flies school bus crash is terrible the children are really annoying you're kind of wishing the aliens <laughs> would just arrive uh, the story with the soldier doesn't it's like it's not for me the big problem is the drag like would you just get on with it would, yeah. you know, I'm, we're four episodes in yet and we're kind of yet to see anything really spooky extraterrestrial actually is happen is like a spaceship or anything there no we've seen a few uh, like a few weird black things but nothing nothing Thing that you could sink your teeth into. So these uh, these four main characters mm. or, or sets of characters yeah. are they aware that there's aliens coming or are they just too busy they're aware something is, they're whatever? aware something is going on so like uh, you know in the in, in JASA the Japanese Space Agency they're investigating uh, like a space accident we'll say whereas uh, in in the the soldier was like following up something that was happening in the desert and, and is now trying to find the rest of the his team and none of these are really spoilers by the way um, and the school tour as I said has gone off on an accident and the, the family that's falling apart that, that who we heard in the clip there their neighbourhood has you know something has happened like a tornado but it isn't a tornado mm. in, in Long Island right so something is going on but nobody quite knows what is going on but nor do we the audience know what's going on so it's actually just kind of frustrating you know I'd like to, let's just get on with it please right okay yeah. Almost into one you could spit, skip the first four episodes. Uh, and hopefully... Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that's not great. <laughs> no. James, thanks a million. As thanks. ever, James Dempsey there. Uh, you are listening to The Moncrief Show and News Talk, the three shows. James is telling us about Lost is Spookies, uh, now streaming on Sky Comedy and Now TV. Angela Scanlon's Ask Me Anything. That's on RT1's on Sunday at 9.45. And Invasion, new episodes every Friday on Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, we're going to take a break. Uh, after that, where did the foes, first ghosts come from? Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.